Welcome to Darkly Lit, where we nibble our way through the delectably horrific works of literature. I am your host, Kayla Berry, and uh, my two hosts, we have uh, David King. You know, I almost feel like the murder weapon is right under our noses. And... Oh, yeah, man, it's... What? Yeah, this is delicious. <laughs> and uh, Jesse Reyes. Hello. Hello. I just made some disgusting noises. I'm sorry. You're fine. You're fine. How are you, you enjoying? The only time that we can eat on mic and be like, oh, this oh, is this so is good. this is darkly lit ASMR. We are gonna eat a uh, leg of lamb right into the microphone. So uh, we are returning to an author, uh, one of my favorites, Roald Dahl. Uh, but instead of his uh, children's work, we're going to read some of his adult fiction. Giggity. No, just kidding. We're uh, not. So we're not reading Switch Bitch. No, we're not. Dang it. Oh, uh, that is not a horror. That's not a horror. Not. Yeah, uh, it is. If you read one of the later uh, Uncle Uncle Albert, was it Uncle Albert? Are you talking about the one where uh, the one where he gets leprosy, or it's implied he gets, gets leprosy. leprosy? Um, that's not horror though. It's horrific to me because of how he got potentially got it. That could be considered a horror comedy, technically. Yeah, that's true. Well, so is technically this story too. So, uh, Roald Dahl wrote this lovely story called "Lamb to the Slaughter." By the way, amazing title. Like, I really love this title so much. It, like, it is way too dark and devious for such a story. I'm not going to lie. It, it's pretty fitting, honestly. Uh, very clever use of wordplay in the considering what happens in the story. So the... Did, was this, this was a suggestion, yes, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Beth Morton suggested the story, so uh, kudos to Beth. Plus... Thank you, Beth. Beth uh, will be... Uh, actually, um, Beth gave us a lot of the questions to answer at the end of this, so... Cool. Thank you. So this episode was brought to you by Beth. Go follow her at Nadiri. That's K-N-A-D-I-R-E. Go commission her. She draws amazing art. I I totally recommend. Check out some of her animation work on Trailer Park Boys. Yes. The animated version of Trailer Park Boys. (laughs) We're so proud of our Beth. Yeah. Beth Morton, the better way to to art. (laughs) (laughs) It is true, though. Um, Okay, I probably should tell the story. <laughs> tell the, tell the, okay, yeah, tell us about the stories about Ka- Kayla. So, um. Gosh. Uh, this is story is from, well, I mean, it's actually omniscient for the most part, but it's from the point of view of a housewife who is, uh, six months pregnant, and her name is Mary Maloney. Her husband, who is a police officer, um, Patrick Maloney, comes one day, and, uh, tells her something. It's never written what exactly it is, but it's something that does shake her to her core. Enough to where she's like, uh, she doesn't even think. She's just like, I'm I'm gonna go get some dinner. And then sees in her fridge that they have a frozen uh, 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 leg of lamb. It's like It's a leg. A frozen leg of lamb. And without a second thought, she hits her husband over the head with it. And it kills him instantly. Uh, unsure what to do. She, actually, that's not true. She knows exactly what to do. So she puts the lamb into the oven. She leaves. She goes to the grocery store, asks to, for potatoes and a can, um... Peas. And peas, because she says, I'm cooking for my husband. Comes home, screams, because she sees her husband on the floor. Again, acting like the, like it not, did not happen. Calls the police... And they all come to check on him, and they're like, we're sorry, he is dead. And she is 
pretty good actress throughout all of this. A lot of it isn't acting, according to the story, but we'll get into that. Yeah, so um, at the point they're still looking, or the police are still looking, and she's like, you guys have been such a big help, and I have a, um, a lamb cooking in the oven. It'd be a shame for it to go to waste. Please have it. And um, the police officers eat the lamb, and as uh, David commented, one of them says, it's probably right under their, our noses, to which she giggles. <laughs> it's a simple story. The story actually was written in, or, well, not written, but it was published in 1953, so that tells you how old this story is. It's a very, very, it's a very, very short story. It's uh, it's uh, it's just shy of uh, 4,000 words. Yeah. And, uh... I love this story so much. <laughs> no, okay, this... I remember you told me about this story ages ago, before mm-hmm. we, uh, before I ever read it. Oh, yeah, because, um, I'm not gonna lie, uh, I grew, I mean... I've mentioned this earlier, I grew up with Roald Dahl short stories, and I remember when I was a teenager, I stumbled across this story, and I'm just like, what's this? And it shocked me. I had not... I, I was surprised, one, that it's Roald Dahl. I, now, as an adult, I realize, oh, I can totally see how, like, it is Roald Dahl. Like, he has a theme going with, like, dark stuff. Mm-hmm. But not only that, it's like, this is just a story about a woman who kills her husband and gets away with it. That's it. There, that That's all there is. And I'm like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> and then um, I was, um, later in life I found actually his collection of short stories. And I started reading them and I loved them. Like, I love his short stories. That is such a good book. Like, it's just short stories, and I'm, it's like, oh, man, oh, I love, like, his horror adult fiction is great, but this was the story that, like, in, uh, introduced me to it, uh, followed by uh, The Landlady. Mm, The which Landlady. Is, which is also another good one. But yeah. But we're talking about Lamb to the Slaughter. Uh, what did you guys think? So I read it last night. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, I forgot to read the thing. How long is it? Not that long. I'm going to read this. And I was reading it in bed, and I didn't, I was, I was, I was enjoying it so much, I didn't realize that, like, Lady had laid down and curled up beside me, which she never does. <gasps> Aww. But I was, like, halfway through, and I was like, oh. <gasps> There's a cat here, and I'm petting cat, and it's, oh my gosh, she's, like, curled up right next to me. So I was like, do you want me to read you a story? Want me? And so I finished reading it out loud to her. Aww. Aww. <laughs> this is endearing. <laughs> so that was my reading experience. Um, so, yeah, I, I liked it. It was cute. Uh, I don't think <laughs> she got away. Okay, yeah, that's how I described this murder. It's cute. This, If you listen to The Witching Hour, that shouldn't surprise you. That no. I would call no. no, no, that's true. This is... Um, it, this is, but I like that how you describe it. It's cute. <laughs> That's a great description. <laughs> um, I one don't think Mary got away with this. Two, I think she had planned it for a long time, and I will get into those reasons when we start discussing. Really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. I'll yeah. I mean, I guess there's a lot to analyze. I read this story 15 minutes ago. <laughs> I thought I was procrastinating. I feel better now. Yeah, don't worry. You, you're like you think you're procrastinated. Um, no, I. But I knew, I'd known about it. It's a quick read. I you know I I perused it. And I was like, this is very good. I get everything I need just from this bit. It's um. I have some different opinions about it, but um. I mean, I still really enjoyed it. I think one thing I can agree with both of you on is that it's very good. 
very good story, which so, is um, which is nice. It's a nice refresher. Now, um, like it, this one is, is actually an easier one or to like analyze a little by, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, if you like to start, um, we can start with like Mary Maloney. What do we think of her? Like, how would you how, like how would we describe her character? And um, to me, she comes up as a at the very beginning as a very typical housewife. Mm-hmm. She's like, I can't wait for my husband to get home. I love him so much. He's just the just everything about his presence makes me feel comfortable. Here I am gl- glowing because I'm six months pregnant, and uh, and uh, the way she's described is in very soft, feminine kind of tones. Everything is very gentle and quiet with her, which makes it all the more radical when she murders a man with a hunk of lamb. See, for me, that was like, I like, this girl is too happy. Everything looks too perfect. Like, there's some shit that's, like, being covered up. For me, that's immediately what I felt with her, like... Oh, I'm just basking in the glow of my husband. I'm like, no, you're not. That's a lie. You're lying to yourself. You think so? Yeah. But you know what? Maybe I've just been in a really dark place for a while. <laughs> since our last recording. Mm. Or since forever. But that's how that that is entirely how it came across to me. I was like, you know what, this 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 feels gross. I don't think you're really this happy. That's that's you know that that's a completely viable way to interpret it too. Honestly, you, you know what Pre- I? You're thinking so you in your in your mind this is premeditated. Yeah. Ah. I don't. I, I mean, I'm not saying she like she knew she was like she had been wanting to do this all along, but I feel like subconsciously, you know, that rack of that leg of lamb might have been in the in the freezer for a very long time. Hmm. It could be that thing where she was there was a low key level of dissatisfaction, but she put on a different face, and then it's like when he she learns what happens, like, well, that that clinches it. I mean, that either clinches it anyway, but the fact mm-hmm. that he goes so quickly from you know this to just the disbelief of it all to the murder, I could see mm-hmm. that. I could see it more being well, like, like, what if he, what if she like suspected that he's dishonest or but didn't want to believe it mm-hmm. yeah no people people will be in denial about those sort of things for the longest possible time until it's like until it's right there in your face and there's nothing you can do to deny it anymore mm-hmm. um kayla meant was describing like oh we don't really hear what the, her husband tells her but we but we do hear that it's going to just completely uproot her her life because he's like y'all make sure that you're you're well you know you get money and you're taken care of but you know let's let's not say anything I I think it's yeah. strongly um, hinted at that he's leaving her. Yeah. He probably has a mistress. Not, not just leaving her, but, like, kicking her out. Yeah. Um, here's here's what I thought throughout this. Um, it sounds more like, I don't want to say brainwashed, but it kind of feels that way. I, I But that, I don't think she's brainwashed, but I feel like she is legitimately raised to be one certain way and that's a housewife like you could t- like every even in the way she's like oh i'll get that for you he's like sit down and she's like oh but i'll cook for you no stop it just and all she's trying to do all she can think to do is how can i serve my husband like you- it feels like she was like i, I don't want to say brainwashed because that's not exactly no it's more like she she wants to please him and that's what no, she's like that's but it's automatic it doesn't feel like it's something she's doing out of like care it just feels like something that's automatic right yeah, this is like something she's like, no, I have to do this. All I can, all I can think is to please him. Like this woman, although you know what it might be, this could be a woman who's just head over heels in love with her husband. You know what this sounds like? Like that was the impression I got personally. Like one of those girls who is so obsessed with a person, even if they don't know him well enough, that they'll do anything for them. Mm. And I think when he's like saying, "I will leave you," that made her snap. This is what it sounds like. This is like legitimately the 
obsessed woman that's like, I do anything for you. I die for you. And that oh. actually is hinted at when she's like, she knows she, she, like her husband's a police officer. So it's like, she knows the consequences and she says it even suits her. But then she thought about her baby and she's like, what would happen? Would they wait the 10 months before they kill him? I'm like, whoa, she thinks she's going to die. Like she's like, well, I deserve this. No, not that she deserves this. No, she she just wants knows. it. Like you, 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 she you, wants to be. Like, she she no, wants no, no. to be. Like scroll down. Scroll no, down. I saw the part you're talking about. I'm just like are, I'm confused about let, what you're let saying. Me, let me. I'll read it. I'll, 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 I know where it is. Um. Um. Uh. Oh, here we go. She began thinking very fast. As the wife of a detective, she knew quite well what the penalty would be. That was fine. It made no difference to her. In fact, it would be a relief. Okay, so she know that. Okay, what are the consequences? One would be she would be in jail. And that's what we would think, like, okay. The other should be executed. Be at the other. As capital punishment is the thing. But here's the thing. She says, on the other hand, what about the child? What were the laws about murders with unborn children? Did they kill then both mother and child? She thinks she's going to die. Right. So, and not only that, she says it would be a relief. So she's like. Well, she she said it would be a relief, and then she realized, oh, wait, but I'm pregnant. No, no, no. But here's the thing. Yes, it would be a relief. But that means she would feel relieved. To die. In so other- she was she was ready to like be to be punished, you know, by execution for her crime until she realized, oh, but what about my child? I don't right, want her right, to that's my child. Yeah. My child isn't okay. All right. So and that's why I think this woman legitimately was obsessed with this man. Like all she like the whole time she's like thinking, how can I please him? I need to do this. I'll, I'll cook for him. And he's like, please don't cook for me. I don't want to. And she snapped. And then, again, this is one of those obsessed women who would legitimately die for a person. Wow. Like, I, that's what I think. Her, 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 um, her, her tune changes, certainly, by the end when she's giggling about the fact that they uh, ate the murder weapon. But... I think she's fucking nuts. I actually... Okay, I don't think, I don't think she was obsessed with her husband. Okay. Because if she was obsessed with her husband, and she's like, I want to do anything for my husband, clearly her husband wants you out of your, uh, wants him out of her life. So why wouldn't she just kill herself instead of murdering him? Because that well, there's a there's a level of I would do anything for this person apart from leave them or have them leave me. Like here, that's it. That's I don't that's, buy it. That's I don't clean. buy it. See my here, here's here's where I'm coming from, and here's like where I like my my I no longer trust relationships probably shows. <laughs> I think she because if she loved him and was so obsessed with taking care of him, why was he seeing another woman or? another man who knows anyway because you know why why was he not being faithful don't answer that i don't want your answer <laughs> my thought is that the relationship was already headed south mm-hmm. and so she became so fixated on i have to save my marriage i have to please my husband that she becomes so automatic and is like just doing everything that like she can to please her husband doting on him and this becomes like just makes it worse because like that's just gonna fucking make worse and the reason i believe that is because like i have like i have an aunt right now who has a terrible marriage and she can't she's she's struggling to have kids so oh. she's asking the rest of the, the family for money for this like procedure to have kids and we're like that's not gonna save your marriage 
having children is not going to save your marriage. No. So that's why I think she's pregnant because she's like, oh, if I'm pregnant, it's going to save my marriage. So that's why she's in this like delusional basking in her husband's glow of like everything's fine. I'm doing everything to please my husband. And then when it's like, nope, it's not fine. Things have gotten worse. That's why she snaps and kills him. Right. But I feel I I'm, I see. I'm leaning more toward the just general naive. Like there's just a sort of a general naivete. So it really does completely blindside her when she's being told that he's presumably having an affair or has been having an affair for some time. Presumably. I mean, I, that's one thing is that that part is left ambiguous. Part of me wonders, I wonder, I actually joked with Kay, like, what if he's not just having an affair, but he has a gay lover? I like this that. is in the 50s. That would have been, like, absolutely scandalous, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I actually... I wasn't. I wasn't going to bring this up, but uh, why not? Uh, so this was actually adapted into a um, episode of Alfred Hitchcock's. Oh yeah, that's right. And it actually does have the man saying why he's leaving her, and yeah. it is yeah he has a mistress and he's leaving her for her, leaving his wife for her. Well, let's take a look at that at that context though. Uh, but look at him in particular. Do you know how how you know how terse he is with? We see how terse he is with her, how short he is with her, and how yes. there's sort of a way he does. You know, this could be a person where because she dotes on him so much, he's like he's jaded with the whole thing. That's could be part of it too. Why he has a mistress? He doesn't want a woman who dotes on him constantly and sees to all his needs. It doesn't. It, who's it, constantly like, oh, let me take care of this. Let me take. It. He probably feels clung to. That could be an. That could be a reason he's so he's so short with her and has been having the affair and just wants to get out of that marriage. It could be like she doesn't. She disagrees with everything he says and does every. Right. He doesn't. You know. That's. He doesn't feel any excitement in that. I mean, like I said. People get fed up with relationships uh, sometimes when things are, when, you know, uh, one half of it seems like they're being too clingy or something like that. Like, um, I feel like the way that she's just answering everything he does would be something that I would think to myself, uh, if they didn't have, because, you know, people didn't communicate very well. Couples didn't communicate very well back then. So, and as he certainly did well. it because he did, he did a, he did a bad and he's just ready, ready to leave her and just be like, well, it's over. Bye. So don't, don't get me wrong. I think he's an asshole too. But um, mm-hmm. I just wonder, you know, there's there's unsaid context there that's fun to kind of debate, you know. And mm-hmm. I think that on on that angle, I think she 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 I think that yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, Sade. I think the marriage has been on the rocks for a while, but I I think maybe he's the only one who's realized it mm-hmm. because I think that she, he is bored. He's or or fed up with the way she acts, and he's just been seeking excitement somewhere else. And now he's got this mistress who he feels more connected to, and he's like, okay, well, I'm just going to leave you now. The fact that he would leave her, though, while she's pregnant, too, is fucking disgusting. I mean, but it happens. It does that's, happen. That's what my father did. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you, if you can cut that out if you want oops well, I mean if, if it's not an issue for you uh, it's not you no worries okay um, so, meanwhile I think my dad should have left when I was when my mom was pregnant <laughs> welcome to Darkly Lit where we all discuss our daddy issues <laughs> Um, am I the only one here that could say I think my dad is cool and I'm glad that they stuck together as long as they did before. Well, David, I guess you should say goodbye to this show. (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go into another room and I'll let you two work out your dad your dad issues. Welcome to daddy issues. (laughs) Welcome welcome to dads are not lit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) So, uh, I mean. 
the motive is kind of the most interesting thing about the story, in my opinion, but I, I also the process itself is pretty cool. And so think about this. I actually really love the moment where she just, without thinking, she just cracks him on the head with it and he like sways for a couple seconds and then falls to the I, floor. And I like he like holds, it says he held there for like four or five seconds and then crashed. <laughs> yeah. Like, would that happen if someone hits you hard enough to cr- cave your skull in? Because they describe him as having his skull caved in later. If it helps, by the way, um, so Roald Dog got this idea from an author friend of his, and uh, that author is Ian Fleming. Oh! Um, for those who don't know, Ian Fleming wrote, uh, well, he wrote the uh, books that inspired James Bond. He wrote the James Bond novels, mm-hmm. but um, he also wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's especially noteworthy. Yes, he he wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Bang Bang Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Like, that, I this is... Uh, well, apparently the book is darker, but, like, well, It's got the wow. fucking child catcher in it. I mean, come on. It's already pretty dark. Okay, anyway. <laughs> bang, bang. Chitty, chitty. Bang, bang. Goes the gun. Anyway. Um, but, like, she's also... Here's another thing we also know about her. She's really good at hiding her feelings or pushing... It, it is shown, like, she can actually push down her feelings really well. Because, like, that's how she's able to get away with, um acting like she di- she didn't kill her husband. Yep. And she like she even acts it out. Like she comes home after going grocery shopping and she screams. Like so there's that's not necessary. There's no one around, but she chooses to do it too. Well, she has to kind of delude herself too. That's why again I think that she's like mourning in a way she's kind of mourning what was, like this idea of her husband that it wasn't real, mm-hmm. you know? And that now that part's dead and now she laments that she really is genuinely lamenting that it all had to happen like this. But she doesn't regret... I don't think she regrets killing him. I think she regrets that he's dead, you know? She's blocking out the part where it's like, oh, and he did a thing, you know? Because the thing itself is not... That's what's interesting. The thing... The act of what he did itself is not as important as as the fact that he betrayed her in some way mm-hmm. and was going to leave her. I think part of the anguish is, like... Because, like, he was about to, like, completely, like, just ruin her life and, like, uprooting everything. Yeah. This act that she's committed doesn't stop that like she it, it if anything has a worse effect yes so i think there's true. some there's some anguish in there and like that's why i think she snapped i think like this is this is not a thought out yeah crime it's a crime of passion like this is legit so there was no real passion to it. it was just kind of automatic the way it's described as automatic is what makes it so interesting just like yeah. she didn't think about it. she just went thunk and he died. I don't know if she necessarily intended to kill him either with the hit just being real I th- yeah i think she was just angry and just like her, it just again. She, I think she. You know what? Sade might actually have an uh, an an idea there, like that. She's not truly happy. She, I think she does push down all her emotions. This is a woman that like tries to be like, okay, how can I be happy? And I think maybe this is the point where all well, good during this time. You know, it's like here's the woman's role in life: the 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 housewife, the the doting wife would she know that there's anything else beyond that so now it's like oh it's falling apart what else is left oh interesting that's why i think she's so obsessed with like maybe she's she she was she wasn't aware that she was unhappy and she was like she either was or wasn't aware that she was unhappy that the marriage was like going nowhere and things were getting bad and that's why she was so fixated on doting and make and being such a good housewife right because she had to save her marriage there was nothing else for her and now that it's gone well just kill him 
because I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I, kill the person who, kill the real person who ruined your marriage, especially just now, who destroyed any chance of having well, that be intact. The only reason, by the way, she's doing this whole, like, oh, getting away with murder thing is because um, she, it is because of her child. Basically. Yeah, she wants to protect the kid. And but the child, the, the child should not be here. No, it's sorry. No. Well, I guess, I guess, I guess her child would be her her only chance at a normal life. Like, if she can get away with this murder, then maybe raising her child is her last chance of happiness. She can't be a wife, but she can be a mother. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. So, and then uh, at the end, uh, you got the policeman all here. Now, here's an interesting thing: her husband's a cop. Why did Roald Dahl make her husband a cop? Is it just so it she's that way? She's uh, it shows that she has more smarts too. I think that well, might be, well, come up with this. I don't know. Hmm. I think that might have been maybe just for convenience. Because I feel if it's like, okay, I murdered my husband with his leg of lamb. The cops are all here investigating. If I'm offering this meal to the cops, it might seem weird. But if it's like, I'm offering this meal that had been meant for my husband to his friends and like people he worked with his whole life. That's true. That's less weird. Okay, that makes sense. That actually does work. The circumstances sure, align themselves so well to make this oh, murder come yeah. off. You know? That's why. Like, I, that's why I think maybe like subconsciously she was like putting this together over time, and just when she snapped, it just kind of all fell into place in her head. And well, anyway, I don't, I don't think she thought I'm going to kill me. him with a leg of lamb, but like I maybe there is that idea that she wanted him gone. There could have been. Mm-hmm. But it does, yeah, the circumstances really fall into place too well. Well, she also, she she comes up with the best plan. Like, she's like, okay, well, to make this convincing, I have to go to the grocery store, pick up potatoes and peas, and chat with the grocer to make it to help cover. So now she has an alibi. She has an alibi. And I think she convinces it to herself so well that she's like, you know, she acts in front of the mirror for a bit to get it done. That she is, it's, they even described it, it wasn't really acting. She was just acting natural. Mm-hmm. It's just the way she was. No one would suspect, you know? Um, and then at the end, like, she feeds the murder weapon to the police. <laughs> now, and here's Whatever the- happened to that cheesecake? I wanted that cheesecake. Anyway. See, that that was her reward for herself later. Yeah, after. Ah, that's right. After the story. Like, she ain't sharing this cheesecake. cheesecake with nobody no more. Yeah. Well, she's eating for two, so she could probably yeah. eat that whole cheesecake. Oh, yeah. It's like, yes, my baby, and I would love that cheesecake. Uh, um, yeah, the, and then, because um, I thought about this, I mean, I, I remember when I first read that, I thought about this. I'm like, well, there would, unlike, because uh, people have talked about, like, oh, what's a perfect murder? And the one that's been considered the perfect murder is stabbing someone with an icicle. <laughs> because it would just melt. Oh, I and think I no uh, fingerprints. This is this is the second best murder because she's cooking it and her fingerprints wouldn't be on it. And then now they're eating it. Her fingerprints would be on the frost that probably melted when she put it in the oven. Yeah. So, um, although she was an idiot for giggling, like what, like they, they, well, they probably wouldn't have suspected a thing because like she's in the other room. Yeah. It where our, our initiate voice is going, and in the other room, Mary Maloney began to giggle. That's another interesting thing. They don't call her just Mary. She's always Mary Maloney. Sometimes they call her Mrs. Patrick Maloney. Yeah. Again, she, and it's obviously her husband's last name. So she's always basically attached to her husband. Mm -hmm. (sighs) Mm-hmm. Oh, man. This is a good story. Uh, I like this story. 
Do we have any other... Um, I want to know if, if you can actually... Like, I want to know the science of this. Can you kill someone if you hit them hard enough with a frozen leg of lamb? I'm pretty damn sure you could. Like, yeah, if, it, it's, if it's a heavy piece of meat and it's rock hard frozen, yeah. Yeah, you can. I think the, I wanna, my, I wanna... my real question is, like, did she have the strength to really, really swing yes, that right. hard pregnant enough? Pregnant woman. This is a pregnant woman. Yeah, for one... In one blow. Well, you know, I, like, it was it one of those moments where you didn't think, you just acted? This is, like, the opposite of pulling the car the, off of your... The adrenaline is going. Yeah. Yeah, the adrenaline just made her be like, I will literally cave your skull in with this piece of meat. (laughs) Um, Because, you know, I feel like this is something I want to see uh, the Mythbusters test out. (laughs) Could you you kill someone with a frozen leg of lamb? They've done stuff like that using... um, Have they done this before? I don't know. I need to look this up. Like, have the Mythbusters ever tested lamb lamb to the slaughter's uh, hypothesis? I don't know about lamb to the slaughter, but I know they've done stuff of like, oh, is it possible doing this sort of murder thing based off a movie they saw? But they always use, uh, what's his bucket? A belly or... Oh, Buster. Buster, thank you. They use Buster. Um, I mean, I know they they did... Some of the things they've debunked was like the whole son of a gun myth, which is delightful, but I won't talk about it here. Um, uh, so I have questions from Beth. Questions from Beth. Question from Beth. Does this change your perception of the author? Now, um... Oh, no, not at all. As a, as a kid, it did. Now, when I... Or as a teenager, it did. Like, I was... Sh- when I read Roald Dahl's original short stories, I'm like, these are such... They're so cute, and they're so typical. A little, a little dark at the edges, but not, like, you know... And then when I read these... Like, this story, and then later on others, I was like, oh, my God, he can actually write adult stuff like i think it was less the oh my gosh what a creepy weirdo and more oh my god he can actually write for adults because that's that's a there's always that misconception or like there's a point in my life where it's like oh well if a person writes for kids they can usually that's their angle and they keep only writing for kids Mm -hmm. or adult but no no, this guy clearly can write for adults, and he knows what he's doing. <laughs> uh, for me, it wasn't this story so much as Switch Bitch that changed my mind about Roald Dahl and made me see him in a different light. And if anything, it was more like, man, this dude is awesome. He can write kids' stories, and he can write these like really goofy sex farces. Mm-hmm. Like, awesome. And now he can, and he can write these really dark stories, too. Like, this is great. Uh, how about you? Um, say, no. Because, like, I think everyone's capable of, of, you know, being interested in different things. So, yeah. Yeah, that's why it only changed my... It didn't really... Ch- it, was, it, was, it was surprising, but not, like, too surprising. But not too not surprising. I don't know. <laughs> I think the one thing, uh, when I was younger, because um, I read this, and I was like, wow, that's so good. And then I read The Landlady. I didn't know... Like, when I first read The Landlady, I didn't know it was by him. I'm like, wow, this is really dark. Because it... Uh, with the landlady, that's a, also a very quick short story, uh, where the ending is, um, uh, it, like, you don't know it's happened unless you understand a couple of details. Yeah, you have to read it. Cl- it's a close, it's one you, that's, that where a close reading kind of high, it's fridge horror. It's a fridge oh, it's, horror it's kind of story. A fridge. Um, I want, is that in the public domain? I think it might be. We could, we could hit the landlady sometime. Like, oh, wait, are you looking at me like? Like Midnight Marinara. Ooh. Like, that is a really good example. I might sure. be able to do The Landlady as a Midnight Marinara. I will look It'd have to be done carefully, but, you know. Yeah, that's a... Or, I know you can't do Lamb to the Slaughter. Lamb to the Slaughter is too popular, but Landlady is just... Obscure. It's well known, but... It's well yeah. known, but it's not. What's, uh, what's Beth's next question? Oh, yeah. Um, 
what do you think about the perspective they choose to use? Um, and by that, I think, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, this isn't, it's not exactly, it's her point of view, but it's third person. So we, we see what's in her mind, but we don't. I think the perspective is important because it, I think it, it, it's, if, uh, since it is close to her, but it's not, um, it's not like omniscient third person i think it allows for some selective some gaps to make everything be a little bit more ambiguous and i think that's important because it's what gets you thinking you know if we knew all the details we would be like okay here's the reason but we don't so we have to only speculate and i kind of like that i think then one of the most crucial details is what exactly was the thing that's causing the husband to leave her and while the implications are there it could be anything really like i said could have a gay lover somewhere and he's going to go shack up with him (laughs) i heard uh anyway i think it the the perspective they chose just makes the most sense because we're gonna sticking with the wife we're gonna follow we're gonna see everything from beginning to end and i don't think it's important that we know the reason her husband's leaving i think the fun part there is like all this the speculation clearly with all the theories we're coming up with I mean, uh, the bulk of our discussion, this is not so much everything that happens after, but everything leading up to the murder, pretty well, much. Another thing, too, is, like... If the motive. He, here's the... If Mary Maloney was doing this from first person, if this was from specifically you, um, saying, I think, I feel, all the questions we've been asking is, why is she this? Would have right. And that- but then you'd have to wonder, is she the unreliable narrator thing? This is better because it, it, keeps, it keeps us kind of neutral. It, it it does keep you at a slight distance. Yeah. So you're not like really in the mind of a killer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um. Best next question. Uh. Would had would it have been more or less effective from another one? Oh. Okay. Uh. Do you, um. Like. Do you think this is the most effective, or what if we did someone else's point? I think this is the most effective. As like like you just mentioned with like if it was from first person, I don't think it would be as strong as if we getting it from this perspective because I think there's something there's something about that that slight distance that makes it feel almost like um we're getting we're like peeking in on this. You know. Yeah. I feel like. If- if, if we were in that first perspective, we might become too sympathetic with her. Right. Like, we already do feel bad for her, but she's also a murderer. So I think where we are already, we're, we're at the perfect distance. Yeah. I, well, also, it came out in 1953. If we would have done first person from the point of view of a killer, that might not have done as well either. Like, if we made her an exactly sympathetic character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is also, like, a really short story. So, like, this works for the glimpse Yes. that we're getting so i think i it's fine where it is <laughs> yeah, i agree by the way there's a lot like if, for studying the story as, as, a, as a writer there's a lot to be gleaned with how much it how much meaning is compacted into just under four thousand words here you know like i think this mm-hmm. is awesome um uh no actually i was thinking because um beth said other perspectives like what if it that would be interesting what if it was from the perspective of like the police officers like they were told like oh their person was um like one of their own was murdered and they get you see them getting there and it's when they're talking with the wife and maybe it's in the way she acts that would have been an interesting that feels like it would have been more like the landlady in that case that would yeah (laughs) i know it would have been more like the landlady but wouldn't that have been that would have been an interesting perspective it'd be a different story yeah yeah Oh, yeah. Hmm. Again, I feel like, why write the landlady twice when you can write? <laughs> um, Bev's next question. Would a plan like this work in real life? In 1950, maybe. But now, uh, 1950, yeah, I know, 1950, yes, because um, we didn't have as great of techniques back then, but now? Hitting someone with a frozen leg of lamb and then cooking it? 
she, and you're friends with people on the force? I don't know. She, I don't know. Usually it's... Well, like, today, I mean, you would hope that the police do their job and not eat. Yeah. <laughs> like, she wouldn't have been allowed to stay there. They would have moved her out. Someone would have noticed that the, the stove was on and turned it off, and they wouldn't have, like... Like, no, you can't eat that. There's like, Would they? no, they wouldn't have eaten it. No, unless like they're negligent cops. So, so I mean- also, also would. But but then again, she hit it with if this was Marta, she hit him with a thing that was frozen and then put it in the oven and then the oven got left on. Someone goes and turns it off. Would they have reason to believe that the leg of lamb was evidence? Because by then, all the evidence would have been evaporated or cooked off. of. OK, but here's one thing. Then why I think she didn't get away with it in the end. Okay. She mentioned to the grocer, I got this frozen leg of lamb. Mm. So if like, oh, we cannot find this weapon, we got to like ask the ask the wife more questions. Let's go and ask the grocer more questions again. Maybe the grocer doesn't bring up that one detail. Maybe he does. I, I still think maybe he doesn't remember that detail. Here's the thing, yeah, I still think she would got away with it, even with that detail. Here's the reason why she's because, as you mentioned, they're kind of incompetent. These cops Le- are well, no, okay, not incompetent. They trust her. There we go. That's it. They trust her, and that is a, this is why it's a smart detail that her husband is a cop on the force, and all of them are all like, and the people coming are also cops because they know her. Like the, you get this in the first detail when she says, when she says, "Can you give me a whiskey?" and she's like, "You want some?" And he's like, "I really shouldn't, but." <laughs> he still drinks the whiskey. Like, that's, like, because he's comfortable around her. He knows her. They don't, that's, what, like, say it said, she would not have been in the home while this was going on. Yeah, even if they were, even if she knew a lot of the people on the force. Yeah. Um, the police would have moved If her anything, out. that would have been more reason for them to get her out of there. Yeah. yeah. So they do know her. They do like her. They they do. They're like, we got to get you out of away from this crime scene because what if someone's still in the house, you know? Yeah, but it's hiding with the murder weapon. But no, they like her. They're they're comfortable around her. Comfortable enough that she he's like the lead is willing to drink whiskey. Right. On the job. Right. And they're, you know, have some more Charlie? No, better not finish it. She wants us to finish it. She said so. Be doing her a favor. Okay, then give me some more. You know, just well, all right, because it's you and I trust you. It like, oh my god. Like these guys fully trust her. They do not suspect her. At unlike all. the guy from unlike Well, the- like they they were suspecting her, but they're like, could she know? Like no. there's someone made that comment like there's no way she could have. But um Well, you know, it's funny cuz it's like uh it's like the exact opposite of the Telltale Heart. They had no reason to suspect the anything. The anything and it was because of his own guilt that he confessed to the murder. Well, uh-huh. In this here's the interesting part cuz in the um in the Alfred Hitchcock, they're actually much more suspected like they're much more like suspicious oh yeah they're like you know i know sister they're like no she's pregnant why would she she couldn't have (laughs) there is like they show a lot more suspicion they still eat the lamb at the end but yeah also by the way um uh alfred hitchcock has a weird sense of humor because at the end of the thing he says she tried to get away with it again with her husband but her husband was forgetful, and he left the he unplugged the refrigerator. So when she hit him with it, it was as uh, um, it was like jelly. Oh, like a second husband. Yeah, she tried to kill him. Yeah, he made a joke like in, at the end of the episode, like that she tried to uh, 
kill her second husband doing the same thing kill him with a lack of ram or leg of ram or leg uh, of lamb a ram's leg thank you a leg of lamb wow uh but apparently since it wasn't frozen it was just like bloop what was that honey <laughs> this is how i test the consistency of the meat i cook i hit my husband's with <laughs> what plan would you use in her place says beth this is the final I, I, you know are you in these circumstances i don't know if i change the plan <laughs> This is too good. I, uh, well, She's really counting on their trust in her. I would not have... She's really counting on her me- appearing to be just the meek housewife. I would. My plan would be to not get married in the first place. There you go. Don't marry a cop. <laughs> <laughs> or if you do, make sure you're, like, in tight with all that cop's friends. Yes. And also, don't marry... When you marry a guy, make sure you know him well and... Or just anybody. If you choose to marry a person... Don't marry them because you're obsessed with them or that you think, I need to do anything for them. If there's problems, you better figure that shit out before you marry that person. Yeah, communication is super important, everybody. So you know what? Hey, if if, if you establish a trust early on, you won't have someone, uh, you won't be as shocked when... Uh, no, that's, sorry, that sounds like... That sounds and like a really leave, shitty thing to say. And don't leave a huge rack of... Or, why do I keep saying rack of lamb? That would be Cause a... Because mo, mo, most people purchase a rack of lamb for their husband, not the whole damn leg. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I think she was like, I'm going to kill this fucker. Things don't work out. Like who, yeah, I was going to say... I'm going to murder him caveman style. Like... Yeah, that was what This is the Ice Age motherfucker. That's what baffled me. I'm like, why does she have a whole and you're extinct. leg of lamb? Like, jeez. And it's just like, she she forgot about it because she's like, look, I'm like, she's like, oh, what do we have? Oh, look, I forgot I had lamb in here. I guess we're having lamb. How long had that lamb been in there? That's probably not very good lamb. Watch all the detectives die of, like, spoiled meat poisoning. I, well, I mean, as long as they didn't get freezer burn, I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. Watch it. They're all going to throw it up. I always think of that episode of Cowboy Bebop where they find the Ganymede rock lobster in their fridge that they forgot about years ago, and it, it releases a poisonous organism onto the ship when they open the fridge. Because oh, it's been in there so long. That's a good episode. Anyway. Another advice. Check your fridge, peoples. Yeah, clear, clean your fridge. That's important. All right. Any others, or is that it? That's it. All right. Um, hey, Beth, thanks a lot. Thank you. I appreciate we it. We love you, Beth. We love you so much. Again, this this podcast is brought to you by Beth. It does a body good. <laughs> it do- what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I was trying to think of a slogan. That, uh, uh, there's that one word slogan. It's like, milk, it does a body good. I don't know. <laughs> Beth, get a, uh, do a draw. A Beth a day keeps the doctor away. There you go. She's the best. Don't forget your daily recommended dose of Beth. (laughs) Beth is Alan Alan did that one. Yeah. You you sneaky so-and-so. Alan came with she's the best. That's Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, Beth is listening to this right now going like, why did I do this? I am so regretting this. Don't, don't put words in Beth's mouth. Beth can speak for herself. Beth can come to us later and be like, what the fuck, you guys? <laughs> Shut up and finish the episode, she says. <laughs> yeah, we should probably wrap it up. This, is a, this was a nice little clean, fun, efficient episode, much like this murder. And um, thanks for your patience, everybody. I know 
Uh, we've been struggling with scheduling in terms of for the electric boner because we've planned to have it um, do that with Alan, and we still do. It's just right now scheduling and sucks. Also, um, Alan was sick earlier, uh, like about a month ago, and that was that was tricky. It was more important that Alan uh, take care of himself and feel better. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so. Um, just to be safe, uh, so we <laughs> have you guys waiting. Um, the next episode uh, for July 13th is either The Electric Boner by... Um, Ennis Lewis. Thank you, Ennis Lewis, or Nathaniel Lewis, or it, just um, if scheduling permits. Uh, we will also be reading Beautiful Darkness by Marie Pompoy and Sebastian Cosette. Or their full, their pen name together is Kiriskoit. Kiriskoit? I, it, they're French. Names. Yes, names. They're French illustrate. They're French uh, writers and illustrators. So uh, this is a graphic novel. So back to graphic novels. I which which I highly recommend because the art it's all like watercolor art. It's fucking gorgeous and it looks very like child fairy tale like cutesy like little characters but like with this is still like with the actual context of the story it just is so disturbing and just like unsettling and i like i am i read this all in one sitting at the library like standing in the aisle like guys please read this one i am looking forward to this like you were you also me too you also recommended um the into the woods or through the woods that was so good oh that was amazing i am so excited for this um, so, by the, uh, so it's, uh, this comes out June, this episode right now comes out June 13th. Right. So, uh, July 13th, expect, um, either The Electric Boner or, um, uh, Beautiful Darkness, one or the other. Uh, we will be skipping August, though, um, because, uh, uh, well, uh, Dave and I are getting married. Yeah, it's kind of important. Yeah. Yeah, and Creative Horror will be putting on... The its annual live stream too. Yeah, Somehow, in the midst of us being married, we're also doing a live stream. Yeah, and then also uh, around that time too, Abysme and Paprika are getting married right before that. So we got a whole creative horror show. Can be a busy summer, you guys. Yep. So um, oh, and then the uh, the Disney Pasta Challenge will be wrapping up around that time. I yes, think. Yes, that's another. That's thing. right. That that was yeah. We've gotten one entry so far. Maybe we one. should plug that one in real quick again. Remind everybody. We have a Disney pasta writing challenge. Write a spooky Disney park story. It could be a fictional Disney. It could be like a fictional Disney park if you want. It could be speculative. But it somehow has to be based around the Disney parks. Um, I know a lot of people have been struggling with this. Guys, As you can make up a like park if you want to and say, oh, this was uh, something that was created by the Disney Corporation. That's, as long as it's believable. As long as it's believable, that's fine. Like, that is completely okay. And um, uh, reminder, uh, the deadline is July 17th at 11.59 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. The maximum word count is 2,000. And remember, there is cash prizes. First place winner will get 50 uh, dollars and that uh, is American dollars. That's American way. money. Second place is twenty five, and third place is fifteen. And you need to provide a PayPal in order to receive these prizes. Yep. 
Uh, all the rules can be found on the Midnight Marinara YouTube channel. It's under Disney Pasta Challenge. So uh, we can, we'll probably link it as well, too. So. We'll, we'll link it in the show notes. So that, that'll that be fun. Uh, so we look forward to your um, to that. But, yeah, uh, that's why we won't have a Darkly Lit episode in August. But... Just know that either way, um, there will be one July 13th, and then for September 13th, it'll uh, mostly be the other one. So if we don't, if it's, <laughs> if it's Electric Boner, the other one will be um, Beautiful Darkness. Or vice versa. And, or vice versa. That's the point I'm getting at, for the most part. Mm-hmm. It took a while to get there, but. Yep. So um, any other plugs, guys? Uh, Darkly, No. <laughs> witching hour <laughs> witching hour just put out an episode uh we were back to talking about bundy again because uh stuff on netflix so that was fun you can check that out if you're not tired about us talking about bundy sorry no i like hearing about it sorry not sorry not sorry either never apologize for your uh your sinister plans and your love of a absolute monster of a human being <laughs> <laughs> Not even that into Bundy. It just you just somehow. It, it's more. It's more than well, like anybody. It's just. It's. It's more the holy shit. How did this all happen? What a weird. What a twisted situation this all turned out to Look be. Look at the story we just read. Okay, exactly. We're we're human beings are interested in murder. I mean, I I I just pointed out to Kayla how there's a American Murder Song thing I want to look at later. But um, that's something fun. I'll plug American Murder Song. It's cool. It's blood, murder, and history, darling. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I will also plug uh, UCA, because I always do. Uh, Anna Musings, uh, later this month, we'll be doing the Black Cauldron, which should be a lot of fun. Uh, that's what we're up to now, and we will have a special guest for that one. Uh, we'll a lot say- of, we're actually the next a lot of guests. We're going to have so many guests in our next runs of this uh, of this podcast of, of uh, Animusings, which is on the Bedview Network, so you can check that out. I'll also say super, super quick for anybody who's interested in Magic the Gathering, I'm doing an experimental podcast with my friend Nick Jewell that we call Untapped Potential. We're talking about stuff, and I don't know where it's going to go up quite yet, but there will be a link somewhere in the show notes if you want to hear me and another guy talk about magic for entirely too long. That's all I'll say. All right. Um, uh, who's hungry for lamb? I'm buying. Hell yeah. Just don't hit me with it. <laughs> Should we blow out the candles and go to the store to get some potatoes and peas? And che- oh, you know what? Fuck lamb. Let's get cheesecake. All right. Night, everyone. Choke you guys with the cheesecake. What the fuck?